Please be seated. Dearly beloved, uh, we're gathered here in the presence of God to join this man and this woman in holy marriage, which is instituted of God, regulated by His commandments, and blessed by our Lord Jesus Christ. 
and therefore to be held in honor among all men. Let us therefore reverently remember that God has established and sanctified marriage for the welfare and the happiness of mankind. Our Savior has declared that a man shall leave his father and his mother, and he shall cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. By his apostles, God has instructed those who enter into this relationship to cherish a mutual esteem and love, to bear with each other in their infirmities and weaknesses, to comfort each other in their sicknesses, trouble, and sorrow, in honesty and industry to provide for each other and for their household and the temporal things of life, to pray for and encourage each other in the things that pertain to God, and to live together as heirs of the grace of life that God has given you. Therefore, marriage is not to be entered into lightly, but reverently, discreetly, advisedly, soberly, and in the fear of God. And I charge both of you before the great God who knows all of our hearts, that if either of you know of any reason why you should not lawfully be joined together in marriage, you do now confess it, for be well assured that if any persons are joined otherwise than God's word allows, their union is not blessed by him, and what we desire is God's blessing. So let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great gift of marriage. We thank you for, even in the place of without sin in the Garden of Eden, you saw it was not good for man to be alone. You made a helpmeet suitable for him, and you brought Eve to Adam. And we know that in this fallen world, it's surely not good for us to be alone, and so we thank you for the goodness of your providence that brought uh, Jacob and Lauren Ashley together and made them not only be friends, but to fall romantically in love with one another. And we pray now as they stand before this congregation in your presence, you give them grace for their new estate of marriage, that they might enjoy the blessings, they might endure the trials of life, they might perform the duties of marriage. And as you bless the wedding of Cana and you multiply their joy as you turn the water into wine, would you be present here and multiply our joy? And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Jacob, will you have this woman to be your wife? And do you pledge your trust to her in all love and honor, in all duty and service, in all faith and tenderness, to live with her and cherish her according to the ordinance of God and the holy bond of marriage? Do you? Lauren Ashley, will you have this man to be your husband? And do you pledge your trust to him in all love and honor, in all duty and service? in all faith and tenderness, to live with Him and to cherish Him according to the ordinance of God in the holy bond of marriage. Do you? Who gives this woman to be married to this man? Now let's move up. This time, you uh, would look at your bulletin. We will sing a hymn, uh, Be Thou My Vision. It's on the back of your bulletin.
marriage is a divine institution established by God for His glory and for the good of His people. A covenant of marriage is a solemn bond between two people before God to be faithful to life's very end. The exchange of vows and rings is a sign and a seal of the covenant pointing to and confirming this exclusive love. These vows which you are about to take are solemn pledges before God to love one another unconditionally and unselfishly. And in a strange way, this pledge to God needs His grace to keep, realizing that unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Vows are necessary because by our nature we're not faithful. Our yes isn't yes, and our no isn't no. So we take our vows publicly because we need the support and encouragement of the church and our friends to be faithful. These vows to love one another not only bind you to one another, but they bind you to God and to His purpose to model to the world the love that Christ has for His bride, the church. Would y'all face each other? Jacob, would you repeat your vows after me? I, Jacob, take you, Lauren Ashley, to be my wedded wife, and I do promise and covenant before God and these witnesses to be your loving and faithful husband in plenty and in want, in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, as long as we both shall live. Lauren Ashley, would you repeat your vows after me? I, Lauren Ashley, take you, Jacob, to be my wedded husband, and I do promise and covenant before God and these witnesses to be your loving and faithful wife in plenty and in want, in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health as long as we both shall live. The love which you have vowed to have for one another is described in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 13. It does not describe only the marriage situation uh, to love one another. It's how we're to love one another in the church. But it's also uh, love starts in the home. The strange thing about this uh, 1 Corinthians 13, it sounds great, but it's really convicting. It describes a love that we cannot keep, although we strive to it. And so it makes us humble before God, and it draws us back to Christ that we might have forgiveness, and we find grace to love better. So let me read that love. This love of which I speak is slow to lose patience. It looks for a way to be constructive. It is not possessive. It is neither anxious to impress, nor does it cherish an inflated idea of its own importance. Love has good manners. It does not pursue selfish advantage.
Dr. and Dr. Jacob Ireland Moore. 